It's the market report week 14 upcoming. Faz is with us. Steve Fezzik, two-time super contest champion. Only only one ever. Only one ever. We'll see if that ever changes. Imagine if you're like in an old age home, you're still the only one. Are you going to be like the Miami Dolphins when people get eliminated? I popped a cork, absolutely. And, you know, one thing I worry about is all this, like, people are like, well, I had a share of this. You know, I had 5% of this entry. Oh, they're, or they're, part ma- of- they're making stuff. Yeah, I mean, I had a 5% on a, on a winner. I don't, I've never mentioned it before. You know, when I, I won. Had 10% on a winner. When I won both years, you know what my um, alias name was? No. Fezzik. Well, that's they, pretty. That's yeah. pretty clear cut that that was my entry. Well, no, but no one's debating it. <laughs> yes. Why? Why would you make a? I swear, <laughs> I grew up in Ohio. Who said you didn't? Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> but you know, I think that's a good point. We should establish right now, for the record. Well, I think it's fair to be like, even if there's a team of three, I could deal with it. I think if there's a team of three. You win, you win, right? If if me, you, and whomever I agree would have that. won, you would have taken credit. Yes, but like the the after the fact where I'm hearing some people oh, like yeah. like oh I bought in like to a guy's entry well, you halfway what, through the year. You know type what they used thing. to do? So guys, you probably know this. Guys would enter under an alias or nothing that's identifiable, mm-hmm. and then if they won, and I know a guy who did. Some of these big time touts, the phone guys, and if I recall, and I'm going to say allegedly, though I think he's dead, I'm not sure. Jeff Allen, right, was yes. a big, um, a, you know, phone guy with you know out- outbound calls, two for the money type stuff. And there was a guy named the Animal who was a really good hand. He was like six seven. You ever hear of him? I've heard like of him. Mumbauer, yeah. really nice guy. I knew him like twenty years ago. Nice guy. I don't know if, but he he ended up no. He knew Jeff Allen and and allegedly sold him the right to say he won it. Ah, you know, which again that's complete. I mean, I don't I don't blame Mumbauer. I, you know, Jeff Allen's the one buying right. buying into that. But I guess it, it shows you how valuable it is. Sure. And knowing, knowing Mike, he, uh, and again, it's been probably 15 years since I spoke to him, uh, he, it wasn't cheap. <laughs> I mean, you know, he, he, had, he, uh, he knew what he was worth, you know? Mm. All right. So maybe one day Fez, I'll buy a right to say, you know, actually, I did those picks that <laughs> second year. <laughs> All right. We are going, this is what we do every week on Monday. This is your time to shine, which is the line moves. Now, and for, now, how was McKenzie? I haven't heard the rec- you guys recorded uh, almost all the games. We got two to do. How was uh, McKenzie? He was stellar. Let he me really see. did well. Let, let me see. The first game we're going to do, I'll imitate McKenzie. Let's see if it sounds right. So, well, I think we should go. These are the last two we got to do, right? So we'll go into what you did, and then I'll be back with you like a donut on the other end, and we'll do the Sunday night game and the Monday night game. Outstanding. First Mackenzie Rivers reading the spreads. Thursday night football, the L.A. Rams host the Las Vegas Raiders. Look-ahead line in this one was Raiders by five and a half. It stayed that way throughout the look-ahead period. World Open was Raiders by six. That's what we're looking at right now, Raiders by six. Yeah, and by the way, you did say that the Rams are hosting the Raiders. Well, maybe in terms geographically. Right. I think this is going to be a... 80% Vegas crowd for uh, 
the Raiders. I don't think the Rams fans care anymore. And I think that uh, we're going to see this is the rare case. I'm going to give a zero for home field. But even giving zero with um, the the better backup quarterback for the Rams, Woodford uh, playing, I would uh, look to make this game six on a neutral. So that looks to be right. But I got to tell you, Thursday night may well see some bargains on this game with a Las Vegas team that has resurrected their season. Question for you, McKenzie. Yeah. All, all those overtime games and the close game last week, does it catch up to the Raiders on the short week this week, possibly, though? It can't be a help. It can't be a help. Especially because when you're 4-7, and seven, I feel like that good feeling, not necessarily anything to battle for necessarily, but technically they're not out of it. So we'll see. I, actually, you know, 5-7, and seven, Raiders are certainly, I think they're 5-7 and seven now, right? That's right. Uh, that's, they're still live for for a playoff, so certainly, you know, of course they're not going to make the playoffs, but they don't know that, so... Right, they're going to win this game thinking they will. Ex- exactly right, so... Uh, and, and kudos to the Raiders, they could have mailed it in, they've really um, sucked it up and played very well here throughout uh, the past three games. Talking about not mailing it in, the Detroit Lions host the Minnesota Vikings in the summer. Lions were just two-point underdogs, look ahead was two and a half. World Open, Lions were one-and-a-half home underdogs. Now they are home favorites over the Minnesota Vikings. They are currently minus one. All right. Well, you don't need to buy my false favorite game of the month anymore because— Something changed? Yeah. One, <laughs> probably most importantly, their um, the right team is now favored because D- Detroit is laying one. I got to tell you, this Viking team, I know they're 10-2. and two. They're 9-0 and oh in close games, and— Look at their last two weeks. They're, this team's getting worse. So they just had two back-to-back phony home wins against average teams where they beat New England. And the win against the Jets, my goodness, the Jets dominated that game on the stat scoreboard. So uh, here's a case where I was happily teasing Detroit at open when they're catching one and a half upwards. Almost always when there's a crossover favorite like this, I will tease the other side meaning the Vikings from plus one and a half, I think it'll get to one and a half, and then maybe it'll come back to pick. Um, I have no um, desire to tease Minnesota. They're due for to get smacked around in the game, so that could well happen. Uh, I do think that if this line moves any more, that money is going to show. The public is going to say, I, give me some Minnesota. The wise guys know nothing. I will take the 10-2 and two team against the Detroit Lions, catching two points. So I think this line moves run as far as it can go. Makes sense to me. We talk about line moves a lot on this show. This one's interesting. In the summer, the Bills were 9.5-point favorites over the Jets, who were expected to be terrible. Look ahead in this game, Bills hosting the Jets, Bills minus 9. World Open minus 9. Right now, Monday night, Bills minus 9, hosting the Jets. No movement in this one. Yeah, so I make this game 8.5. If you're looking for a teaser, you might want to wait a little bit on Buffalo. I will say this. The book on Buffalo, and I was as wrong as I could be on Thursday, Buffalo, New England, thinking it was a tired team. Buffalo having played three straight road games. Well, they played Thursday, so now they've had 10 days to get ready for this game. The Jets played a war against Minnesota, two chances to win. Um, Obviously, it's a lot more Palatable to tease at eight and a half down to two and a half and not have to pay that extra 10 cents, nine down to two and a half. So I think a Buffalo teaser 
Let's keep an eye on this one. You know, I would not be surprised if we didn't see this tick down to eight and a half. That would be my predicted line move. It go down versus up. Bez predicting the Bills will be favored by less versus the Jets by the end of the week. In this game, there's been lots of movement. The Pittsburgh Steelers host the Baltimore Ravens. Summer line was Steelers plus two. Weren't very good. Look ahead was Steelers plus five. Some money came in. Steelers ended the look ahead period plus four. Then the games happened. Injuries happened. Fez will get into that. The world opened this game was Steelers pick them, hosting the Ravens by early Monday. It was two. Now we're looking at Steelers minus three, hosting the Ravens. What do you make of this one? So the look ahead was Pittsburgh four. Now Pittsburgh's laying three, right? Yes. All right. Hunley versus Jackson. How big of a uh, downgrade is that? Seven points? Sounds about seven. Yeah, uh, I'm not buying that. I Now I get it. Baltimore played poorly and Pittsburgh played well. So okay, bump them both a point. Then it would say five. I only have it as a four-point um, difference, and it's on to the key number. This has right. run as far as it can run. Um, these teams historically always play really close games, which means I was eager to be playing – Pittsburgh plus three and a half or plus four. Well, now I'll take Baltimore plus the three, and obviously I'll find creative ways, including parlay cards, to get a plus three and a half with Baltimore. Someone's got to win 20 to 17. Well, that's what the total is, 37. But uh, I certainly would look towards the underdog Baltimore at this price, and I'll predict this line move comes back and closes two and a half. Do you think you've ever bet this rivalry minus three and a half or greater in any circumstance? Not that I can recall. Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I have and lost because it's always a close game. Yes. Next game, we got another division rival. The New York Giants host the Philadelphia Eagles. Look ahead in this one was Giants plus six. Eagles had a great day. Now we're looking at Giants plus seven hosting the Eagles. You know, all the Eagles fans hate me. They're like, oh, we're good. We're good. And you don't think so. Hey, guys, I, I got the Eagles. One second. I have the Eagles rated, you know, right up there towards the top of the NFL to the point of, can this be right? Oh, they'll still hate me. I've got Dallas number one, but I got the Eagles tied for second with Kansas City and Buffalo. Uh, I make this game eight. So if I make it eight uh, and it's seven, we certainly can tease uh, Philly in this game and we certainly could play Philly. I will predict some Philly money and this goes up to seven and a half. Bez predicts Eagles minus seven and a half by the end of the week versus the Giants or more. Another division rival. Let's make it three for three. The Cincinnati Bengals, lots of movement in this one. We're minus four to minus three and a half on the look ahead. World Open was Bengals minus four and a half over the Browns. Now we're looking at Bengals minus six Monday night over the Browns. What do you make of this one? Yeah, I agree with the line move. I know that the hitman agrees with the line move as well. My power ratings make the six and a half. Normally you'd say, oh, Bengals, big win against Kansas City, maybe a letdown spot, but let's go back, trick or treat, happy Halloween. The orange helmet game was like the only really good game Cleveland's played all year long. It's payback time. Cleveland got their win. Here comes the Bengals back at full strength with the uh, that O-line performing better. I think uh, this is the Bengals' spot. If you're going to play it, I don't think you'll do better than minus six. Might go even higher. Hard to think of a quarterback that played better than Joe Burrow or worse than Deshaun Watson. The market reflecting that reality. Bengals now by six. Titans. Let's go division rivals five for f- four for four. Why not? Let's do it. Titans hosting the Jaguars. Division rival week in, week in the NFL. This was minus four in the look ahead period. World Open was minus three and a half. And that's where we are right now. Titans 
Minus three and a half hosting the Jaguars. I only make it three. That means money should come for the god-awful Jacksonville Jaguars, but one has to worry about the dream crusher for the Jags still if money is going to come. And I know it's, it's interesting. I've got a lot of predictions about line moves. We'll write them all down and see how I do. I um, And none of, none of these are really of strong conviction. I mean, we're talking about little, you know, quarter-point moves, maybe half-point moves at most. But um, – I would not be surprised if we don't wake up on Sunday and this line's three, not three and a half. So you're not going to hurt yourself taking Jacksonville plus the three and a half. Dallas Cowboys, the number one team by scoring margin after week 13, host the worst team, the Houston Texans, and the line reflects it. Look ahead was Cowboys by two touchdowns, minus 14. World Open was already moving, minus 15. Now Monday night, we're looking at Cowboys, minus 17, hosting their interstate rivals. Yeah, so... Cowboys, uh, will they get a defensive touchdown against Indianapolis? Well, it seemed like they almost got three. How many per quarter is a, is a real problem? My goodness, <laughs> what a fourth quarter that was. And, you know, Indy was hanging in that game. Indy was down one driving with a minute to play in the first half. That didn't work out for them. Um, the public, obviously, is going to be on Dallas to bury Houston. I could see Dallas blinking and just coasting in this one, but I don't think that they're going to be a line move here. 17 looks accurate. By the way, uh, I make it 17 and a half, but without an adjustment for a uh, big favorite, which means I should ratchet it down to 16 and a half. So I do, my number comes a little bit lower than the marketplace. No, thank you. Don't need, don't need any part of Houston. How good spot po- for the Texans, right? How, good spot for the Texans. How <laughs> popular will Dallas be if you got them in Survivor? Very popular for anyone who hasn't used them yet. Right. It's a no. You have to pick it. You have to pick it. Minus 17, you have to pick it. Next game. Seattle Seahawks hosting the Carolina Panthers. Lots of movement in this game. Look ahead was Seahawks minus seven. World Open was Seahawks minus six hosting the Panthers. Monday night, we're looking at Seahawks minus three and a half only hosting the Carolina Panthers off a bye. So, yeah, off a bye I think is key. There's only two teams left off a bye, Carolina and Arizona. And the market is loving the fact that Carolina is going to um, you know, be rested. I think getting rid of Baker Mayfield may be addition by subtraction, not a distraction anymore. Seattle does have uh, cluster injuries at running back. I know that Walker went down, and we'll keep an eye on that. So I think it, Seattle being wounded, Carolina being in a good spot. Um, my power ratings make it four, but I can see – Support for Carolina would not shock me if the three and a half even linked down a little bit. I would lean to Carolina on the on the possible line move. And for all those interested, Kyle Shanahan says not likely Baker Mayfield becomes a 49er, which I was kind of surprised by. Why not sign him? Number one pick overall. The next game is the Tampa Bay Bucks at the San Francisco 49ers, but we're going to skip that game as Monday Night Football just concluded. And the market will settle into that new information. I'll, I'll predict the new information. It was at three and a half and thirty-seven and a half. Let's go ahead and based on what we just saw, miracle comeback by Tampa. We got. I think we got to make San Fran minus four, and the total we dropped to thirty-seven. That's my number. We'll see where what opens up bet accordingly, depending upon what opens. Thirty-seven total in the modern NFL. Wow, says a lot about the Bucks and about the 49ers. Next game here, we got the another division rival, Denver Broncos hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Look ahead was anywhere from seven to seven and a half. Bronco, Broncos underdogs at home. World open, Broncos plus nine and a half. And that's about where we are right now. Broncos plus nine, nine and a half hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. So I only make it seven and a half. I do think money is going to show for Denver, although 
I don't know if it matters that much on the on these dead numbers. One thing that was very interesting about Denver, so I don't think I've ever seen this before. Last week, Denver covered the spread by seven and a half points. Denver was the lowest scoring team in the NFL last week. <laughs> I'm not sure that's ever happened in the history of the NFL. It doesn't seem like it's possible, but um, that that's what transpired. Denver would have only two losses if they could have just scored 18 points in regulation on the season. So I think this is a correlated parlay. Is this total really 43? I see zero 42 and a half, zero 43 and a half. It's the most painted 43 I've ever seen. You know, it's interesting is, well, Denver isn't going to get 20. Um, so Right. Is this Chiefs 34 to 10 or 30? 30 to 17 is the question. Well, I, I think it's if you if you play over, you have to parlay to Kansas City. And if you play under, you look to parlay it with Denver. So this would be my correlated parlay. I would say, you know, I don't have any strong conviction on any of the line moves this week. But um, since I only made this seven and a half. But then again, Kansas City is a public team. Denver played very well against Baltimore. They really should have won the game. I'll go ahead and forecast that money will come in. On Denver, so I guess probably where it's most actionable. If you're looking to tease Kansas City, wait because you probably get a much cheaper teaser where you don't have to use a seven-point teaser to get this thing down below three. You can probably do it with a six-point teaser later in the week. To your credit, last Wednesday you came in and you said if there was one bet I was going to make right now, it'd be Chiefs minus seven, and it's not close. Well, Chiefs are minus nine to nine and a half. So, well, on, th- good th- on you. And well, think about this. Think how strong that was. Denver almost won as a nine-point underdog. Kansas City lost outright right. as a favorite. So Kansas City underperformed, and Denver massively overachieved, and yet the line still went from 7 to 9, showing how just wrong that number was would be. And, McKenzie, I think you said, hey, this line could be 10 and a half next week. Um, it certainly wasn't going to be 7, so I do have, you know, I've already got my Kansas City teasers in my back pocket along with my Kansas City minus 7, and probably the first thing I do when I get home is get flat, and I'll play some Denver and parlay some Denver to under. That's how the pros do it. So there's a lot of different prices, different rules with teasers. You know them all very well. It's how you profit so much. Let's say I have one and a half. I can tease it six and a half. What's the lay price? What are the rules I should be considering uh, to make a profitable teaser here? Yeah, so if you have a one and a half, you can take it to seven and a half and minus 120 or less, six-point teaser. You can take it to plus eight, minus 130, six and a half point teaser. Kind of indifferent between those two. So I guess it, it... Depends who you're teasing it with. I got some flexibility. I can use a six or a six and a half point teaser. Um, the extreme example, let's say I had a game where, let's look at Philly, for instance. Let's say Philly was, I found a shop that had a minus six and a half at the Giants. Well, I would never want to blow my six and a half point teaser, which is worthless to get it on to pick them. Although some would argue, hey, the Giants just tied. They could do it again. <laughs> so you never want to tease a six and a half with a six and a half point teaser. That belongs with a six point teaser. So if there was a six and a half point line, I would certainly use the six point teaser with Philly six and a half to a half, along with Arizona one half to seven and a half. By contrast, let's say I was looking to tease them with Kansas City, Denver, and that line was sitting at nine. Well, I need a six and a half point teaser. I got to get Casey down to two and a half. So I have to use the six and a half point teaser, but that's fine because now I'm getting some real extra value with Arizona if I took them from one and a half up to eight. You want to mix and match your teasers such that you never use the wrong amount of points on any select teaser. You never would want to tease like a nine to a three in a six point teaser. That's an egregious mistake. Um, 
So without, you want to get something out of, out of each half point where six and a half to eight is okay, eight and a half is better, but you want to you want to make sure it's six and a half if you're going off nine because three to two and a half is no contest. Exactly, and just like if you have a two and a half, you always want to use six point teasers only. You don't want to mix and match. Like if you have a two and a half point dog and a nine and a half point favorite, you don't want to play a seven point teaser with those two teams. They don't belong together because <laughs> you have to use the seven points for the favorite to get it down to two and a half. But now you're just blowing, you know, worthlessly that two and a half. The, there's no reason to take a two and a half up to nine and a half. It's not going to land nine, which is such a dead number. Find another team that's catching one and a half, where that extra point gets you from seven and a half up to eight and a half. That's real value added on the second leg of your teaser. So that's the minus nine and a half belongs with a plus one and a half in a seven point teaser. I'm back. Miami, the Chargers. This is Sunday night football. Flexing in. Now, a lot of movement on this game last week. It was pick them. Then the Chargers became one-and-a-half-point dogs. Money on Miami. That was the look-ahead. Then the games got played, and it opens up. Miami, a th- almost a three-point favorite, 2.8. And now it's up to three, so it ticked up a little bit. Miami looked like crap. You can see how much disdain there is for the Chargers right now, Fez. What do you think? Yeah, exactly right. So think about this. So Miami, they get to play against the Niners. Jimmy G gets hurt. Like five plays, five plays, or I think five passes, and Miami still gets rolled. They lose by 16. All right, massively underachieve as a four point underdog to a horrible game, to a terrible, and yet they go from one and a half to a three point favorite against a Charger team that played competitive against the Raiders. They didn't cover it, wasn't a good game for the Chargers. We're going to downgrade the Chargers slightly, but this is actually shocking. This line move, and I think it's all about. The fact that these, what the better saw is that the Chargers can't protect Herbert at all with their old line completely in shambles. So the Raiders absolutely got after Herbert the entire game. Now, two of these guys might come back. This is one of those cases two where... Two of the guys for the Chargers? Yes, on the line. So they're center and, mm-hmm. and another one of their linemen. And uh, Williams, their wide receiver. Slater's out for the year. Right? Yes. And Williams, their wide receiver, might come back. Mm-hmm. He might not. So there's uncertainty regarding the Chargers. But at first, I was like... Even with all this. But let's think about what you're saying. Mm-hmm. The line's up to three. And you're saying it's likely, because I'm hearing Williams is likely. I don't know what that means. 70, 80%. All right. And the linemen sound, at least one of them, it sounds like the over-under is one and a half. Yeah. Right? If two, if you you got to have both of them play if you like the over on the linemen. One of them plays, it hits the under. Does that sound right? I think it's... Uh... Closer to one, I think they're like. Well, I'll go over okay. one because right. I don't think it's going to be. You don't think it's going to be over two? I don't. It's a one, one and a half. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, that, one and maybe, a quarter. <laughs> maybe one and a half with a little extra vig, vig on to the, the under. under. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm with you. Yes. <laughs> so, so it seems to me that this is assuming that, and it's still three. Imagine if somehow Williams is out and both linemen are out. Does this go to four and a half? And no, of course not. Well, then does it go down if they play? Yes. and, well, and this, Then that means this is assuming they're not going to play then or it wouldn't be here. Well, there's a lot going on with this right, game. So part, part of it, and I was like, this is going to be a terrible spot for Miami. But now I'm like, they flexed it to 5 p.m. So I got the West Coast team, the Chargers, playing the late mm-hmm. start time. I like that for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And, like all, and Miami's staring at all kinds of travel. Well, nope, Miami's staying on the West Coast. Uh-huh. And this is a double advantage to Miami here because they avoid all that travel. 
And now they're going to be on the West Coast for nine days, so this whole circadian rhythm stuff doesn't matter anymore. They'll well, be well, on. I don't think you, in nine days, you think you get get into that time? I think so. I think so. I, I tell think you that's this, when I, when you go, when's the last time you spent a week back east? Um, gosh, it's been like 10 years. All right, but even then, weren't you getting to bed about 4.30 in the morning, even a weekend? No. Oh really? That was like the first couple days. Well, maybe I was, you know, out drinking. Well, and stuff it was the, the hol- it was the holidays. I was boring, you know, with the, with the family. Then this was like 15 years ago when I'd come go back to see my my sister and yeah, the kids. Yeah. yeah, Mackenzie, you go to Chicago now and again, correct? Yes. And how, that's only two hours. But how do you feel? You know, four, five, six days in. Like I'm a Las Vegas guy in Chicago. Yeah. I don't know what that is. What he means by that? What what time do you go to bed? Later than usual. I almost never go to sleep. Oh my! You, you, you're you're sleep a lot. <laughs> Maybe your eyes aren't closed. Exactly. What does that mean? You almost never go to sleep. Sometimes I pass out. <laughs> uh, he's a he's a trip, isn't he? So yeah. So <laughs> uh, even but, but, with all that, even with all that, I still can't. I can't get over the fact that you know I, I got Miami three points better than the Chargers. That seems a little bit high, and the game is at L.A. So the spread of three, if I had to forecast it, I can't see it going. I, it's three and a half. I'd absolutely have to bet the Chargers. Well, maybe I'll book it. Now, <laughs> I don't think so. What do you mean? I don't think you'd book a three and a half bet on the Chargers. I don't know. Maybe at uh, – yeah, I hear you. Here's the question. First of all, you make a great point. The summer line in this was Chargers by five and a half. Okay? So – Though the Chargers are 500, right? And up until the last game, there was a sense of, hey, they're on pace to make the playoffs, right? They had a lucky win against Arizona. Yep, yep. Uh, But the idea that this is now an eight-and-a-half-point adjustment. Team that's been competitive with Kansas City, you know? I mean, think about this. Through through one three and to the other three. Yeah, and I, I've got I've monster. I got the Chargers four point downgrade from the start of the year. I got Miami a two point upgrade. So that's six. What well, five, five and a half? Take away the six. Yeah. All right, we'll get Miami so, so comes. You, so you're saying you see now? This isn't a handicap show as much as a line move show. So you're saying you think this thing goes down? I think it goes down to two and a half. Yes. All right. Then let me pose not because I don't bet you. I don't bet against you when it comes to line moves. Just mm-hmm. principle. Principle, I like money. <laughs> That's the principle. But let me ask you, you'd agree with me that in general, when there's uncertainty about the line, it's like a um, it's like a merger. Like they do, you should do in business school is you've got an a, a offer at $50 a share. The stock is $40 a share. There's a 50% chance it's going to happen. It goes to 45 if someone thinks it goes to 60%, it goes to 46 Yes. All right. So there's a line if all these guys play. There's a line if all these guys don't, the questionable guys. And then there's increments in between. Mm-hmm. What do you see those outer ranges being? Of Let's say I'm more interested in the not playing. I think if everybody's out, three and a half. Okay. I think it, I, th- I don't think it goes higher than three and a half, even with everybody out. So that, th- that assumes then that they think a majority is going to be out. Yes. Which I don't think. Which I don't think, think is. I don't think that's the case. You're exactly. Tells, so that's going to be interesting. Yeah. If if it comes that it's exactly what's expected, 
I think the line stays where it is. By definition, it should. So if two of the three are out. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know if that's expected. I think it's expected the two play. Yeah. Because I mean, I and think the wide Will- receiver. Yeah. Well, I meant him as the third guy, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I-, I think Williams almost a sure thing to play. I agree. Like. So let's say the other two, you know. So we'll see. But that's what's to look on. If if there is the announcement. And it is two out of three. Does the line do anything? Because I think it's Price saying two out of three will play. Yes. But you think it's priced that everyone's going to play, which doesn't make a lot of sense. But then, but the market sometimes isn't rational. Yeah, you know, you know what's what's curious to me about this is just how, I mean, Miami's banged up also. I mean, well, so. Uh, Aren't what the left tackle? Yeah, and 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 Tua, you know, doesn't look to be a hundred percent. I mean, there's issues with Miami, and you know that was a really bad game they played against San Francisco, given the circumstances. Yeah, I agree, and I also think remember my concern about Miami on the show on th- you know Thursday morning show was that the defense of Miami was a little overrated because of the, they've played some weak offense. Yes, and I think that bared out when you have a third string quarterback, you know really dominating the game. I mean, People talking about how, oh, you're so in motion and, and, and in rhythm. Well, your defense should be able to disrupt a guy like that. But last thing on this game for me, and this will be a little tease to what we're doing in the recap show. Mackenzie, do me a favor. I'm going to talk about the Chargers this most recent game, but get last week's game against, uh, I think, Arizona, right? All right. Okay. So one of the things we've been doing, Fez, and I really am interested in this, is we're breaking up EPA, expected points added, by... Turnovers, kicking, and when we say kicking, kicking for points, and then we got field position. So what's that? Anything that gives you field position, recovered, fumble, whatever. And then what's left is the line of scrimmage. It's a snap on first down. It's a snap on fourth if you go for it, right? Mm -hmm. Now, this week, if you look at the EPA, the Chargers, they lost a game by seven, and that's the range of what their EPA was. All right, meaning they were minus seven. But in line of scrimmage, they got outscored by 11 points. Mm. So they got dominated on the line. And their EPA in total from the line of scrimmage was negative. Negative 0.4. And you think that's clearly the most predictive? Uh, the other stuff's more random. I th- Oh, for sure. I agree. Uh, and That's a good point. I mean, negative 0.4 is not good. And last week it was very similar. You got those numbers, McKenna? You want to read them off? Okay, he's got it on the board for me. Thank you, McKenzie. Now, last week, remember, Chargers won. But if you look at the line of scrimmage, the Arizona Cardinals scored about 10.5 points worth of EPA from the line of scrimmage. Chargers, less than two points. So now, two points last week, minus points this week. That's two games in a row. The offense is doing poorly, poorly. Though the score doesn't show it, they made up for it in both weeks with other things. This explains the line move. That back-to-back, really bad lines. You know, I'm going to recant my my um, my projection that money's going to come on the charges. I'm not. I had a range where I said this line that isn't going to. That was more of go. a power ratings play on your right at three and a half. You know, I got I got to lower the the Chargers power rating based on this. So yes. last thing is, if you act, and this is what we do in our recap show, this kind of stuff is the um, Raiders had. 12 points of negative turnovers. Mm. So they gave up the ball multiple times, minus 12, and the Chargers only had minus four. So that means they picked up eight points in turnovers, right, which evened up the line of scrimmage right there. So it really goes to show you um, it's not always – 
this, that's why you love yards per play. Right, which is trying to. What's the yards per play say in this game? Uh, Raiders were outstanding at six point eight. Chargers below average five point two. See, so clean win for the Raiders by double digits. That's interesting. Okay, yeah. final game, Monday Night Football. Who's playing Monday Night? Football? New England is at. Oh, that's right, Arizona. Yes, Arizona, New England. This line now. This is surprising to some. Arizona opened up the underdog. The look ahead of two points, and it went down to one and a half. Then it drifted down a little more, and now it's 1.3. So taping on Monday night, New England is favored by between one and one and a half points over Arizona, and that's at Arizona. And I'm ready to tease Arizona because I get that one and a half, that juicy one and a half that I can tease up to seven and a half. Isn't that an erratic team to tease? Mm, that's, In general, the variance on them is pretty high, right? Yeah, New England, the variance is low, I would argue, for them, though. You know, you know that, what's funny? With that Chicago game, I'm not sure it is. Mm. That's interesting, McCann. You want to look at the uh, score variance and uh, see where Arizona and New England is? Yep. Yeah, it's a good point because we don't want to be teasing teams that are all over the board. I got to tell you, this this line move surprises me because Arizona, they played very well against the Chargers. Probably should have won the game. But how much is the Chargers? Yeah. Well, still, it's fine. I mean, they were up they were up seven at the end of the game, and the Chargers put up, you know, got the eight points to to steal the game. But if you look at New England, that was just an ugly game against Buffalo all the way around. All the way around. Buffalo's got their number. Mm. You know, if you actually look at that game, the only place that Buffalo won was they dominated at the line of scrimmage, which again is Josh Allen and what he's able to do again. For you know, it, it was like three or four drives into that game. What was it? They had scored like twenty of twenty-two drives. Yes, I mean over three games against Belichick. I don't know, man. I, I think to some degree. And now remember, now Belichick is off of two. This would be a third straight loss, mm-hmm. which hard. I mean, again, we could say it was Brady, but that did not happen. Yes. You've got both teams very rested. New England played Thursday. Arizona's off a bye. So no real advantage to either team because of that. Yeah. You know, I, I want to look at the Thursday to Thursday. Actually, let's do that as we're wrapping up. McKenna, just do all I want to know if a team plays one Thursday, then plays the next Thursday. Got it. Because on one hand, you could say seven days. Right or six days off, but on the other hand, it feels like this. It's all everything's off, mm. right? I mean, and you would agree in general if you could have a team. If you had your a big game, you'd want them to be Sunday to Sunday over Thursday to Thursday, right? Yes, especially yeah, because if you don't have a rest. The whole weeks are yes, yeah. completely different. But the Thursday to Monday is is interesting. You know, to play a Thursday night game and then turn around and play a Monday night game here for uh, for New England. Let's think about this now. So. Oh, so you're saying giving them 11 days? Yes. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah, it's almost like another buy, and they had a, they just had a buy between the Jets. Yeah. So I think yeah, that's advantageous certainly. But wow, think about that. They had a buy, played the Jets, played the Bills, and they had almost another buy. Yeah, that's that is. I mean, I I like that better than Arizona. Who end has, of the year too. Arizona has their has their end, clear end of the year buy, but that, that that means their players are who knows what they're up to with the time off. Yes. So. Oh, that's interesting. So you're saying Dallas does that a lot, so take them out? Right, and they're 5-2 and two ATS. So that means it's what otherwise? 5-9. and nine. Okay. So if a team goes – but this isn't Thursday to Thursday. No, it's Thursday oh, to okay, Monday. Okay, for some reason. I. Okay, th- yeah, that's right. Um, 
But if it's ever a Thursday to Thursday, keep an eye out for that phase. Mm -hmm. And Dallas is used to it. (laughs) True enough. All right, anything else? Uh, We can save it for the recap. I liked your point about the Arizona variants. It's true. That's that's a team. But actually, we just looked at it. The variants for New England, 18th. Arizona nineteen. I'm um, okay. I'm going to put in my Arizona teasers. Then. There we go. I can't because because I can't see this line ever being three. A three Arizona would be a massive bet plus three. You know, I love that thinking. Is well, but it's only one one point three. But but yeah. So your point is when you get the teaser, you're getting it almost like you know if it's two and a half, if it's two point eight, you're still pretty much teasing the same thing. So you're not that the fact it's so far from three doesn't hurt you. Yes, because the worst fear whenever you tease a plus two ish game is, oh, my God, if it goes to three, now I've got a negative EV bet. Well, how about this? We'll tease across to the recap show. You'll, you'll put the second leg of that baby together. Sounds good. Uh, it's called an advantage teaser. Mm-hmm. Some say Wong. Do you want to do, like, an Asian voice when you say Wong? No, you don't. No. <laughs> his, his lips started moving. I'm like, no, no. Whew. All right, guys, don't forget, straight out of Vegas, five days a week, it is growing organically with fervor. With fervor, there are some hardcore fans, I'm telling you. And Fez is on there a bunch, and we're doing our pick show. Thursday morning, as usual, will be released, and we got the recap show. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.